Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark and tonight I am talking with my friend Paul Hart. What's up, dude? Hey, thanks for having me on again for like the 70th time. <laughs> and everyone's probably like, oh, <laughs> no. this guy again. <laughs> no, I'm always stoked to talk with you, dude. So th this is this is exciting. It came together super impromptu also. So kudos. Thank you for for being available. <laughs> You're welcome for not having a social life. <laughs> on on what is actually new year's eve <laughs> yes this is, this is the last podcast i'm recording this year <laughs> oh oh man i'm, I'm honored <laughs> oh it kind of sucks it's the same day fucking betty white died oh i know i i saw that on social media earlier and i was like oh man like to to get that news on the last day of the year, that's so sad. I mean, she lived a very long, full life. I mean, ninety nine years, like wow, and yeah. you know, so beloved by so many people, and um, yeah, I'm really sad to see her go. You know, have have you ever seen the movie The Sandlot? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like when uh, when fucking Benny gets out there and he like fucking hits that heater, and the ball like rips apart. And yeah. Smalls is like that was a omen that set up the rest of the summer. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this is an omen that set up all of 2022. Oh god. No. No. We've already had 2 years that that, you know, we're we're kind of dog shit. So, I'm ready for 2022 to start being better. And also that's the year I turned 42, which is my favorite number from you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And so 42, that's that's the year that I make shit happen. So oh, here we like, go. I was all excited. I'm like, yeah, he's going to say Jackie Robinson because fucking that guy was awesome. But I'm like, oh, no. Yep. No, that is right. He was number 42, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn as, Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers. Fuck yeah. As as told in the fucking Chadwick Boseman movie. I have not seen that. That movie's really fucking good. If you want to see Alan Tudyk play just a piece of shit racist, oh. you're you're in for a treat. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I, I was like, I grew up loving the Dodgers because that's my grandpa's team, and I remember I had a Brooklyn Dodgers, like a a wool fitted Brooklyn Dodgers hat when I was a kid, and it you know it, it looked like the old timey hat, and I fucking I wore that thing into the ground. I loved it. Yeah, I could never get into baseball because we just Milwaukee's. I mean, I hate to say this because you used to like hunt with a brewer, but like <laughs> brewers fucking suck. <laughs> it's been so, it's yeah. so hard to get into baseball here. I've I've never been able to follow any sports, even when I like actively try, and it's just it's I just can't. I have a really hard time doing things that I'm not interested in. You know what I mean? It's like if, Man. If, if that spark of like real like passion goes away in something, it's like I can't make myself do it. And with sports, it was like it was there when I was a little kid, but it was more I like I liked playing sports when I was a kid. I didn't like sitting and watching them. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll play a sport, but like I got to be pretty fucking drunk to go to a baseball game. <laughs> I haven't been to one probably since since I was a. A, a kid or a very young adult, like maybe in my young, like early, early twenties, maybe. And that was mm. probably for like a Cedar Rapids Colonels game, which is like minor league. Okay. We play a St. Paul saints. 
<laughs> the minor league. I know that because my dad always took me to those games. No, I don't even know if I should tell you this story because this is a story I could use on <laughs> on two truths, one lie. Yes, <laughs> for for PCL Patreon, dude. Ah, I have those thoughts. Twenty one. I have those thoughts cross my mind at times too, where I'm like, like, I'll I'll like say something on PCL or something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I could have saved that. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to save it. Uh, that's <laughs> save too it. funny. Fuck your podcast, Joe. We're going to save this for a future one. <laughs> I'm not. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm, I'm not allowed. I'm at just Miller teasing pa- you. I'm not allowed at Miller Park uh, <laughs> or American Family Field. I've been on the ban list for like 11 years. What? What did yeah. you do to get on the ban list? Got very drunk. Got <laughs> very drunk in the parking lot. <laughs> So you weren't even in the stadium? No, I didn't oh, even make it into bullshit. the game. I didn't make it into the game. <laughs> that's some bullshit to incur a lifetime ban in the parking lot. It was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty, because like Milwaukee, because because Milwaukee is like home of the fucking tailgate. Like, okay. You know, you get to the game three hours before. You bring like your fucking grill and a cooler, and you just drink and you eat. And like there was these fucking assholes right across the park, like like right like not even across the parking lot, but like you know, like a little driving space, and they're sitting there, and you could just tell they're like uppity, like boo, you know, fucking, <laughs> fucking assholes. The fucking the guy, one of the guys just all of a sudden takes like his dick out and just starts pissing in the parking lot. Oh my god. And it's like two p.m. That's indecent exposure. <laughs> so I just kind of look over. And I'm like, what the fuck? And his girlfriend goes, well, you want to suck his dick or stop looking at it? And I go, I'm getting shit. <laughs> He's pissing in public and I'm getting shit. I go, I'm getting shit for fucking looking at him. And I said, honey, I didn't bring my binoculars. So I, I, I don't. I can't fucking... <laughs> and like they kept like, you know, they kept saying like fucking real like like very like derogatory terms like they're calling me like the f word and i'm like i'm just like thinking like dude how am i getting shit for this like he pissed in the parking lot and i looked over that's not like it's not like he was putting on a fucking baseball mitt you know like something you usually do at a fucking tailgate like he took out his dick and he peed like 20 feet from where I was eating. Like, that's disgusting. That's so gross. So I'm getting fucking drunk, and they just keep saying stupid shit. And my friends are like, oh, like, fuck them. Let's fight. I'm like, no. Like, I'm not going to fight them because I'm small. Like, I will die. (laughs) So I just keep drinking. I keep drinking, and I go, I I go, watch this. (laughs) And they... I walk over and they're like, oh, did you come to get a better look? And I go, no, I came to do this. And I rip the top off of their grill and I just puke all over it. <laughs> like puke into the hot coals? I puked right all over all their like chicken and broth. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> like I just threw the thing off and I just threw up all over inside of that thing. Like, and I think this was classic. Like, I think this was like two days after I turned 22. So like, I'm fucking, I'm still like on a year binge drinking since I turned 21. Like it's just game on. 
And then like one of the security guards just happened to be driving around in a golf cart when that happened. And they took my picture and fucking no longer allowed at Miller Park anymore. <laughs> We're like, that guy had his dick out though. <laughs> I did. And like, we didn't see that. We saw you puke on his grill. I'm like, well, I mean. <laughs> hey, that, that's his karma though. You know? <laughs> I just, I just, every, like, thank, you know what? Thank God that security guard was there. Cause there was like 20 of them and there was like six of us. Oh no. Yeah. Like yeah, we were about got... to get our, we were about to get fucking beat down. Like we were in Philly. Like it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I remember when I was in middle school, it was, you know, like early 90s, like early kind of approaching mid 90s. And like you could get in a fight after school and nothing would happen. And then I got into high school. And so this is like then mid 90s. And then all of a sudden, like friends of mine's younger brothers who are now in like middle school getting in fights and having the police show up at their house. And so it was like, there was like a definite line that kind of happened in the mid nineties where it was like, at least kind of in the, where I was at, you know, like after school fights and stuff like that suddenly were taken very seriously. Oh, they and, still are. <laughs> and, oh, I bet. I bet it even more so now, you know, especially with like school shootings and stuff like that. You know, I mean, violence like that is probably really put under a microscope when it happens in schools. And well, Dude, I got really good though at like like Jedi <laughs> mind tricking people out of like wanting to fight me. I remember there was like times where there was like you know like big like fucking redneck dudes that are like like all of a sudden they had it in their head like I'm gonna kick Stark's ass and like I'm like very good at like reading situations and I'm like fuck I'm not like those guys are farm strong and like I learned from, like from a young age don't fuck it like don't fight with farmers. Like those no, kids are like, like up at the ass crack at dawn throwing fucking bales of hay around and bales shit. They of will, hay, yeah, they will fuck you up, like casually fuck you up. And so I was like, I'm not getting in a fight with kids like that. And so like, I remember this one kid, he's just like, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And I'm just like, we, we don't need to fight. Why, why, why are we going to do that, man? Like, like, what's the deal? What's the problem? Let's just talk it out. And then ended up actually talking it out with him to the point where my friends afterwards were like, you fucking Jedi mind tricked him out of fighting. How did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know, because in a million years, I would not have thought him to be the kind where you could take him from like having a hot temper, wanting to fight and like with words, get him to stop. I'm like, I don't know how but I was able to do it multiple times and I was in a bar one time and I thought for sure this fucking drunk guy was going to fucking murder me. And then he, he, it it devolved into him wanting to arm wrestle me for $20. And I'm just (laughs) like, if you want just $20, I'll give it to you. Cause I suck at arm wrestling, bro. I'm like, and you have very big muscles. I don't know. Fucking arm wrestle you. Jesus Christ. What are you a concrete worker? Fuck that. (laughs) I'm a high schooler, bro. (laughs) Go to hell, man, man. I wish I had your talking skills. Cause I was, I was a small guy in high school with a big mouth. Oh, so, and I always went for the joke and it pissed people off. So me too. I always <laughs> went for the joke. Like, and I'm naturally flirty. Like I just flirt with people, like girls all the time and their boyfriends didn't like it. Like I knew I never had a chance with them, but I'm still going to flirt. Like I need to, I need to practice somewhere. And so like one of the guys is like, like he approaches me like at, at like a fucking, you know, like in a peer, like in between periods when you're walking to class, he's like, all right, motherfucker, like, let's go. And I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like this sucks. 
and I just I just smashed my head into the locker and I looked at him and I got like blood dripping down from my forehead. I'm like, Yikes. what can you do that I haven't done to me? And he goes, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> That's a solid strategy, man. <laughs> I'm going to give and that was, strategy a solid eight out of ten. I like it. <laughs> and I was so happy because we were watching Jersey Shore like ten years later. And that's what <laughs> one of the guys did. He smashed his head into like. He thought it was drywall, like his head was gonna go through it. <laughs> he find a stud. <laughs> no, like it was like it was like fucking rock. It was like a <laughs> rock wall in Italy, and he fucking he like did it so hard he gave himself whiplash, and he had to like go to the hospital. <laughs> Some dumb shit right there. <laughs> That's the situation for you. I'm gonna put my head through this drywall, and it's actually fucking marble. <laughs> Dude, he fucking he knocked himself out, man. But like, he didn't have to fight the guy. But I think he actually ended up maybe getting worse than what would have happened if he would have been. In a you fight. think? <laughs> like he had a concussion, like a broken nose. Yeah, getting in fights is scary, though. Like street fights is a scary proposition. Um, for like multiple reasons, you know, you never know if somebody's going to escalate it and pull out a knife or a gun or something like that. Or also what if, what if you do, what if you really like clock somebody right in the chin, find that knockout button and they crumple to the ground and smack their head on a curb or something and then they die. And, yeah. and now what, now you're going to prison and you've ruined your life and you know, that dude's family's life all for what? Because you couldn't just swallow your ego and, 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 and you know, walk away, even if you don't feel like, 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 I don't know, like nobody really wins a fight, you know? No, I blame, I blame the game Street Fighter for making it look <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to get into a fight just so I could yell like Ayurukin as I try to uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> and I would miss terribly and probably smash myself against like a table. <laughs> Oh, but that's like that is the worst part. Like, especially now that I'm at a at a school that is kindergarten all the way to eighth grade, where these fourteen year olds think they're like twenty five year olds. And man, the worst part, one of the worst parts about like online learning, because we were pretty much all online last year, was that these kids could talk so much shit to each other on like zoom in a private chat and have no like consequences for it. Mm -hmm. Like they would just freely talk shit and now they're actually in person and they're kind of continuing that. But now it's like, Oh shit. Like we're in person. Like this person doesn't like what I'm saying about them. They want to fight. Like now I'm going to look like a sucker. So I have to fight. And that's like what sucks is because uh, our recess, every grade comes out at the same time, which is fucking insane. There's like 600 kids out there. And a lot of the teachers on recess duty will like to actually talk to other adults because you're stuck dealing with kids all day. Oh, yeah. So we have like an area where we have this giant blacktop with like, you know, kids are able to play football and and kickball. And then there's like a little grassy area with wood chips for like the little kids to play uh, with, you know, like playground equipment. And usually it's just me and the other K4 teacher out there kind of watching the little kids and the older adults are on the, like the older grades are on the blacktop and the oldest, some of the older kids will like fucking walk over 
to this playground area where they're not really being watched by their teachers. But I'm always just kind of walking around with the other K4 teacher and they come over there to fight. <laughs> and it got so – dude, it got so scary because like the gym teacher is in charge of recess and usually it goes pretty smooth. But he wasn't there that day, right? Like he was he was not fucking – he was – I think he had COVID. So me and Kirk, the other K4 teacher, we're fucking walking around and – the way the kids came out and just kind of hung out by the slide, I, like we didn't have to say anything. We just kind of looked at each other and we both kind of like walked on opposite ends of this little playground to kind of take the perimeter because we both knew something was up. Like these older kids were like walking in a pack, you know, and like you got one kid rubbing another kid's shoulders and he's shadow boxing. You're like, this isn't good. <laughs> shadow boxing and rubbing shoulders. <laughs> and it's just like two of us. And all of a sudden, like, somebody comes up to the other K4 teacher and says, hey, man, you got the whistle. Can you blow it for second grade? So he walks to the blacktop. And all of a sudden, like, I'm right by the kid that's being rubbed. So I'm not going to say anything yet. The other teacher leaves to blow the whistle. And I look and I'm in the middle of a circle of, like, 50 middle school kids and two kids enter the circle ready to fist fight each other. <laughs> You're unintentional player three entering the I'm frame. just like, like, I'm just right in the middle. I'm like, oh, no. Like, this isn't good. So the whistle blows, and that's when these two kids decide they're going to go at it. They, they both I just clearly see you in the circle, though, too, right? Like, I was kind of like, like, I wasn't right in the middle of them, but as soon as I, like... I don't think they cared because it's like, I'm one guy, you know, like I might be able to stop a little bit of it, but they're going to get their licks in. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. There's that. The whistle blows and all the kids kind of really make the circle tight. So the adults can't see. <laughs> <laughs> and they start, they, they start marching towards each other. And I just, I just go right in the middle. And as loud as I can, I go, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> like, and I got so loud that every adult ran over by me. <laughs> Excellent. And then they all like, they all scatter. They all fucking scatter. But like, and it's like, Oh, like he's not going to know who was involved. Like, okay. The two guys ready to fight. Like they're very distinguishable. Like one had like a ponytail and the other, you know, was wearing like a different type of jacket. It's like, why are you going to run? <laughs> Like I'm not Run, Al Pony Boy, it's Mr. Hart. Like I'm not Al Pacino from Scent of a Woman. I can see you. Like I know what you look like. I gotta write this up. Like there has to be a paper trail because the thing is, these kids go home and they say, This guy did this, you know, this student did this, and the parents call and they want to press charges. Like it all has to be documented right away. You know, like they, they're going to go after the other kid's family. Like, oh, like, you know, they're bullying my kid and intent to harm. It's like, okay, well, we just need to get this all on the computer ASAP because I don't want to deal with no fucking lawyers. <laughs> no shit, right? Uh, scary stuff, man. I'm, I suppose adolescent boys are going to be adolescent boys. Man, the worst fights are with the girls. That is, that is, those are ugly, dude like hair pulling like they're fucking taking their nails under the eyes like what the fuck man 
That's is, brutal. This is insane. Or like when they're prepping to fight, you can see one girl say step on her toe and then get her with the elbow. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what the kids fuck? are savages, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that wasn't just at this school. That was at like the other schools I worked at, too. Dude, that's, like, and that's, just... that's any school USA. <laughs> that's just kids being kids, you know? And uh, got to find that packing order. Jesus fucking Christ, man. But yeah, that's my depressing story of life was a grade school teacher at recess. <laughs> Dude, when you said the thing about running your mouth in class and it getting you in trouble <laughs> and stuff. God, I remember that. I, I was, I think I was a junior in high school and I remember it was an art class and there was this girl in there that like, I don't know, her and I just didn't really ever get along very well. <laughs> and and her she was doing something where where basically she was like kind of telling off me and my friends about something and like she had very very dark hair and very light skin and she had like stretched in class and so she had like a faint happy trail going from her belly button down below her pants and so like boys latched onto that and they started calling her happy trails or just trails and I think I said something like, oh, shut the fuck up, Trails, or something like that. And she's like, I'm going to tell my boyfriend she's going to kick your ass. And so, and then he found out, and he was not happy. And I remember, <laughs> I remember him stopping me in the hallway and, like, basically just telling me to, like, never fucking say anything to his girlfriend again or or I will... And this is the the part that I've never forgotten. I'll kick your fucking teeth in. Like he kept saying, kick your fucking teeth in. And I was just like, wow, okay, dude, you're really mad. I'm, I'm sorry. But at the same time, it's like, can you tell her to not talk shit? Or do I just need to st- stand there and just fucking take it? And so now as an adult, I, I realize, yeah, somebody's talking shit. You just shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, the teenage Joe didn't know that. I was fucking dumb. I hadn't learned these lessons yet. And um, uh, did your school have a post-prom party? Where it was something oh, yeah. that the school would put on. Yeah, to kind of yeah. like, here is a fun carnival in the gymnasium that you guys can do instead of going out drinking or whatever. Well, prom was right soon after that. And so then at post-prom, I remember I was like doing the joust thing with my friends. And so basically the way they had joust set up was just like, you know, those shitty red and blue folding mats that, that like yeah. Velcro oh, yeah. together that they have in the gym. They just had that on either side of an eight foot two by four laying on the ground. And so you just have to stand on the two by four and then they had the big joust things, you know, that look like the big giant Q-tips and then the headgear and shit. Mm-hmm. And so then this dude's like, Stark, joust, you and me. And oh, like, God. I'm like, oh, okay, th- this is where he's going to kick my ass. And like, I fucking beat his ass at joust three times before he left in disgrace. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. And, and then he said, so happy, happy trails to you, sir. Oh, no, he probably would have <laughs> killed me if I just... <laughs> I was taking it well enough that I just, I, I beat him in joust several times in a row. Because it was like, it was like I just took one look at him, like, he's going to try and bowl me over. And so every time it was just get out of the way and he takes a big swing and falls off the board. Yeah, and that's how it went every time. And it was after the third time, it was like, "Do you do that move every time, dude?" Jesus. Someone watched a lot of American Gladiators <laughs> to learn a strategy. That's what made that joust so so appealing. Was fucking growing up on on American Gladiators. It was like, oh my god, 
every once in a while they'd bust those out just in regular like PE class in elementary school. And that was like better than dodgeball day. Oh, yeah. It was like, fuck, yeah, this is great. That's probably why you became a climber, huh? Because of the fucking wall from American <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> that is one of the things I thought of when I started climbing was I was like, oh, yeah, it makes that thing seem a lot, you know, puts, <laughs> that, puts that in perspective. <laughs> Nitro isn't going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, like I, I've always thought speed climbing is kind of gross. For the most part, but there was this cliff face that me and Lindsay used to go out and climb out all the time where there was like a really, really easy route that had really, really big holds like going up almost the entire thing where you just like literally just do big move to big hold over and over again on this thing. And I got it to the point where I could climb and it was probably like 25 feet, 30 feet tall. And I got to the point where I could climb all the way to the top and then down climb it back down again in less than a minute. And that was a lot of fun. Nice especially like down climbing those really big moves because you're basically just like dropping like three feet down the wall from one big hold to another one. And that was always really exciting feeling. <laughs> I think man. if I were to do it now, I would, I would not, I would, I'm so, I'm so out of shape. <laughs> I remember like at state fair, one of our like local gyms that had a, like, I think it's just a rock climbing gym. They were there like their first year. Like I was right out of high school, like so I was like 112 pounds, like in the best shape of my fucking life. And like this wall had like four sides. It had like a fucking beginner side, like you know, like a novice, and then like a medium, and like uh, it was called like they called it the Everest side that it was so fucking hard. <laughs> and like I went up there and I set the record for the day. Nice. Like I. I and I was like, I want to go back again. Like, fuck yeah. You know, like I come back and the guy's like, oh, like you're going to beat your time. And I remember like it was like four hours after and I grab on and my arms are like fucking jello. Yep. <laughs> like I couldn't even get up the novice side. I was like, what the fuck body? You're failing me. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like really small muscles in your forearms that, you know, control your flexors. And we, when you're not used to climbing all the time, you can burn those out really easy. And then especially if like you don't do a proper cool down when you're done and then lactic acid sticks around in your muscles, then you try and use them again later. Ooh, exercise well, you, and pain. You know, what was crazy, like an actual, not the pro wrestling, but like high school wrestling. Like I'll never forget, like, uh, like, uh, we did Monday through Thursday, Monday, Wednesday was like our hardcore, like, you know, like that was a, like that, like those were our skills day where we like learn moves and all that shit. And we like drilled and drilled and Tuesdays and Thursdays were like our conditioning and weight room days. And uh, every Thursday we would have to like, you know, like sit against, like put our back against the wall and sit down like we're in a chair with no chair. And we have to do that for like 30 minutes, which was fucking hell. But then those are hard wall sits. Dude, fuck that shit. Um, I remember the first time I had a trainer like say that I like laughed to myself and like she also introduced it. So as you're doing a wall set and you're holding a medicine ball between your knees. Oh, fuck. And so that. I grabbed the heaviest medicine ball that was there and I'm like, this is going to be so easy. Oh, my God. After a minute, you're like, what have I done? Oh, I didn't make it a minute with the medicine ball. I, I dropped that thing almost immediately. <sighs> and like girl, girls in the class are like laughing at me. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like the only dude in there, and so of course I have to grab the heaviest fucking thing to do it and fail right away. 
Yeah, no, but in the last half of Thursday is our coach would go all week to different like gas stations and just like buy all the newspapers he could. And he would give each of us like three newspapers and we would have to for the last hour, we would take like pages from these newspapers and just crumple them in our hands and keep like crumpling them until they were like little balls and grab another page. And that like that would burn the shit out of your forearms and hands. Wow. And like he wanted us to do that because like in wrestling you have to lock up. Mm -hmm. That'll give you that crushing grip strength. Oh my God, dude. That's how like a lot of times when I would lock up with a guy just because of the newspaper shit, I could just pull their head right down and put them on their knees and get behind them. That sounded very, very (laughs) sexual. (laughs) (laughs) was not supposed to, but like. It should be a game show called Wrestling or Gay. (laughs) Just like describing what you're seeing. (laughs) No, you better calm down, Joe. I might throw up on your grill. (laughs) (laughs) throw up on your green egg or whatever you got remember that old adam sandler sketch the sex or weightlifting (laughs) (laughs) do you know like he's like i guess he is really good at basketball really that's funny yeah i was watching a video where he's like amazingly good at playing basketball but i guess that's all he does you know hey if you got millions of dollars you probably got a (laughs) you probably got a nice setup to do it right yeah yeah fuck that guy that means you got the the you know the the time to pursue it and stuff so yeah but i guess he's super good wow what would be the weird thing you would put in your house to like like would it be like a bowl like a like a little two-lane bowling alley uh, a a basketball court uh indoor driving range indoor shooting range like what what thing would you splurge on if you had lots of money I mean, definitely bowling because I do love to bowl, but I feel like I'd want to fuck with everybody and get like, I think I would like install like, like a curling, like a fucking like, hey, do you know what Paul has in his basement? He has like a fucking curling arena. That means you'd have to have like a small ice rink. You'd have to have a little Zamboni machine to, to level off the ice. I would buy like a, like, like a fucking Roomba, but like. It's, yeah, a little, it's like a mini Zamboni that's a Roomba. That's hilarious. I mean, like people would be like, what the fuck? Like he's got a what? Like, yeah, dude, Hart's got a fucking curling area in his basement. It's fucking weird. It's wild. <laughs> that is so fucking cool. He has so many brooms. What the fuck? <laughs> My dream would be like if if I had to pick something like that, I think like the bowling alley would be super fun. Um, God, an indoor lap pool would be really, really good, too. That would be you get a really, really good exercise, especially living like where I'm at in the Midwest. It's like I have a pool that I can use three months out of the year. But but because I'm not athletic, I think I actually would probably try to like get like twenty like video game cabinets. <laughs> Skype weirdness. <laughs> I didn't I didn't drop. That was weird. It got all silent for a sec. And then it was like oh. a weird Skype noise. And Oh, I did not hear that. Yeah, that's some weird shit. Um <laughs> This is why I don't fear like a techno like a, like a technology takeover. Like Skype has dropped this call before we recorded. Like I'm not gonna worry about them trying to kill me. <laughs> that was they the first thing even... I thought was, was did it drop our call again? 
Like, <laughs> like it can't even keep a call. Like, how is it going to try to murder my family? <laughs> like, I'm not too worried about that. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that I would really want. Th- this would be the thing where it's like, if I had like Bezos money, like I would want to build a nice home, like up on top of like a limestone bluff that would have a, like a cave, like way down, like on like, you know, like the valley floor under the bluff. And then put like a really deep sub basement, like a fucking bat cave under that oh house God. where it's also accessible, like through that cave down at the bottom. Dude, Wouldn't that be some fucking dope shit? Dude, especially like if you got like a dinosaur from a museum in there. <laughs> in a giant penny. A giant fucking penny. <laughs> if I had Bezos money, I would tell the architect, I'd be like, you know what? Like find the coolest Bond villains layer and make that. Like, cause all the bad guys live in the coolest places. Oh, right. That's like, um, what is it? Um, uh, the bad guy in the first Incredibles movie was a syndrome. Oh my God. His, his, <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so he good. Had an island. He had a whole island. The whole fucking island. And it's like in the volcano. The volcano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you have to go like, you have to have like, activate this thing that like parts like a lava flow to be able to get to his office <laughs> it's Dude, so fucking wild what a great fucking bad guy oh yeah yeah he was a lot of fun one of the best you know what's funny is i was reading craig t nelson did like two and a half years of voice work and then jason lee did all of his lines in one day oh wow as as syndrome it took Craig T. Nelson two and a half years to record all that. Yeah, they were doing that. And I don't know, like, I think I think Syndrome was like a last minute thing or like maybe they had another actor. But Jason Lee came on at the very last minute and he like did all of his stuff in a day. Wow, that's fucking wild. That is wild. I've always liked Jason Lee. I think the first time he showed up on my radar was in Mallrats. Fuck yeah! You want you want a chocolate covered pretzel? <laughs> They're a little melty, but damn, are they scrumptious? Oh my god, I just love the, the way Mallrats starts. Just it takes you like it just it, it, it throws you off of your game so much because the movie starts and it's like one time my cousin Walter shoved a gerbil up his ass. You're like, <laughs> wait, what the? F- fuck is happening here what is going on i haven't seen it in so long now oh my god oh my god do you know do you know the origin of the like like i'm sure you've heard the urban legend that that richard gear shoves a oh yeah yeah i remember hearing about that when i was in like elementary school do you know do you know like who like this person has come out and denied it but like it's it sounds like sylvester stallone started the rumor really <laughs> they were making this movie called lords of flatbush like way back in the 70s and they're both like trying to like insert their like you know like we're the alpha male type of thing and stallone just saved enough money to buy like a lincoln and richard gear was gonna ride with him and he comes in and he's got like fried chicken like from like a restaurant in a to-go box and Stallone's like, get that the fuck out of my car. I don't want like this is brand new. I don't want that in my car. You're gonna spill. Yeah, you can get chicken grease in my new car. And Richard Gere's like, no, I'm not. He takes a bite and it just splatters all over the upholstery. (laughs) 
So Stallone and him get in a fist fight, and Stallone gets Gear fired off of this movie. <laughs> Richard Gear was replaced by Henry Winkler. <laughs> That's and, wild. And and Gear would never apologize. His ass. Hmm. Yeah, Skype kind of cut out again there for a little bit. <laughs> it's full force tonight. <laughs> oh shit, there it is again. Can you hear me, Paul? I can hear you now. What the fuck? Okay. Hey, let's... I've been able to hear you. Sh- should I hang up and call you? Well, back? I was just saying, let me l- let's let's pause. All right, we're back. Let's see. Let's see if the Skype gods will will smile upon us now. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't know if any God's been smiling on me. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember where we were before, before the fucking before oh, Skype fuck issues it. Um, <laughs> oh man. So this week I've been totally obsessing with lock and key. Uh, oh my God. One of my favorite all time series. Dude, I had, I had read the, the first trade more than once. But like I just never continued it past, past that you know first trade, and then um, Lindsay started watching the Netflix show, and then I got sucked into it with her, and so then that kind of pushed me back to the source material, and so yeah, I read all six volumes um, throughout this week. Actually, I read volumes four, five, and six all this afternoon. <laughs> now what you need to do is you need to go find all the one shots. Oh, are there a bunch of like little one shots? Oh, there's a bunch of one shots that just add to like the lore. There's like some that take place in the 1800s. Like it's fucking awesome. Oh, you know, there is another volume. That's probably what it is. Yeah, those because are it, so good. Yeah, it's. Oh, man, what's that one called? Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out because it made it look like it was like a collection of one shots or something. Yeah, those are at, at first. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read this and i'm like i kind of want to stay in this world though like i kind of really enjoy what joe hill has done yeah joe hill and is it is it gabriel rodriguez oh his art is it was that the right name yes yeah like okay i i feel like i would have loved the show if i did not read that entire series like five times before the show came out how much of the show have you watched so far the first season Okay. Yeah, because we're about halfway through the second season now. And There's a second season now? Yeah. Oh. And um yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the show. I mean, it has a lot of the same like stuff and like kind of themes and stuff from the book, but it's like they just kind of switch it around a little bit. But it's not as brutal. Oh, not near as brutal. No, no. no they 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 you know, they toned it down for, for the YA audience. But, yeah, because I, I remember thinking, like, how – like, okay, like, because, um, man, I'll never forget this was picked up. I think this was picked up in 2011 as a Hulu series. In fact, in my final – in the final issue, because I was at the point where I was buying these as, like, single issues. Maybe oh, it was nice. 2011. Like 2014, like Hulu actually shot a pilot and the very last issue, because that got canceled, they got canceled before they even aired it. Joe Hill put all the set photos from that pilot 
and it seemed like that was really going to follow everything to a T of the comic. So like, I'll never forget when they showed like, like Netflix released the first three minutes of the show as like a type of hype trailer or something. I'm like, Oh no, this isn't, you know, because the way everything kicks off at the beginning of that series is brutal as hell. And it's not that I like that, but I'm like, you know, like with the mom being assaulted, like that carries through to the final issue. Like she is working that shit out up until the very end. Like that's yeah. a huge part of the story. And that's not even in the, that's not even in the show. Yeah. It's definitely toned down quite a bit. Yeah. yeah to the, the point echoes. where when I read that final, that final volume, this evening, I was like, there's no way they're going to wrap up the Netflix show the same way that they did the comic. There's no, no way. But, like, I, I'm enjoying them as, like, separate entities, you know? Yeah. In fact, the final issue, the final issue of um, Lock and Key, I still have it. I uh, It was the very first variant I ever ordered through my comic book store when I got to Previews Magazine. And uh, it was done, the cover was done as a throwback to, like, the Amazing Spider-Man comic. So the font was, like, Amazing Spider-Man. And I already forgot their names. Like, the girl, like, the Kinsey. sister. Tyler, yeah. Tyler, Kinsey, and Bodie. Kinsey is making out with that black dude. And he's, like, hanging upside down, kind of like Toby is. With oh, Kirsten nice, Dunch. nice. And they're underwater kissing. And I just, oh, I think that's one of my favorite variants, but yeah, that was, I remember being like our, our comic book store made a big deal about the end of that series. Like that was, that was an event that, that was, that was a very, very cool series. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite key? Oh man, that's kind of the, what, what I've been thinking about a lot is like, what would be my favorite key on that? Probably the head key. I think it's yeah. pretty fascinating to be able to just, you know, open up your mind and go into it and kind of like view your memories as, you know, kind of like, like almost like you're watching like a TV show or something like that. Or the I really like how they can just take like a, a whole book and then just like stick it in their mind. And then it's like it's like they read the book, you know, it, it's almost reminiscent of like the the uploading stuff in in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I remember um you you like you can buy the keys online. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculously fucking, expensive. Yeah, they're they're super cool. Like I I mean, I always love the anywhere key. The anywhere key is really cool. cool. Um but like it was just it's just like what a fascinating like like I love and it's cool. What I love most about lock and key is that the house is like the main character. Yeah. Yeah. That house is fantastic. That house is fucking beautiful, man. That, um, not to give anything away to people who might want to read it, but what do you think of the mending key and the way that kind of played out at the end? Oh, that was really cool. That, Dude, I, I cried. I, yeah. I really I enjoyed cried. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know how, well, I don't know. I, maybe they didn't have this in the comics, but almost every trade ends with like a bunch of like hand scribbled notes about a bunch of the different keys. And so with the mending key, the the inscription that was kind of with that, 
I, I was like, oh, okay, I bet this is going to come in handy. And, yeah. and then it ended up being a big plot point later on. And I was like, okay, yeah, kind of saw that coming. Like as soon as he is, as soon as, yeah, as soon as kind of the, the thing happens, I'm like, I bet this is how they're going to resolve it. And then they did. And that was really cool. And it was also really cool that Nina got, that Nina got to do that. You know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, and I already forgot to show, but like one thing that would be fascinating today to see um, in the show would be like the key that allows you to change your skin color. Yeah, I know. I was like, I guarantee they're not going to do that on the show. I don't think they <laughs> They only did it in one issue of the comic. Even reading it now in 2021, nearly 2022, I was like, ew, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I like this concept. Okay, like I, I really, I hope this, because I kind of, it's been, it's been like five years since I read the comic. Is is the key to the moon key? Is that in the main series? If you remember at all, like, is that in the main comic run, or is that from, or is that from a spinoff? That might like be from shot? one of the spinoffs, but I'm pretty sure I saw it in the list of keys. You know, okay, kind of like the, what I was talking about. Dude. With like the little scraps, and and I was like, I don't remember seeing this, but there are times in it where it's like they cover like a few different keys and kind of like blast through them so quick that it's like it, it especially if you're like you know reading several volumes of the comic <laughs> in a day, you know it, it could have been that they they briefly covered it in an issue and it just wasn't like a big enough plot point that it didn't stick in my memory. But as far as I know, it must be something that's in you know one of the one shots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, Oh, I want to ask about the one that was my favorite. And I don't know if it was, uh, like it was one of the funniest parts. I don't know if it was from the one-off, but like, I don't, I don't think Bode and them are in the one-offs, but is there like, have you been introduced to the IDW key? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I'll read that little collection of one shots then. Okay, the IDW key is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Does it like take them into different comic books from IDW? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it just makes sense. <laughs> like he gets to visit Tank Girl. Like it's fucking awesome. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's like the uh, the key to the moon key issue is probably my favorite one off outside of um, I, that the whole storyline is fucking fantastic for one for a one issue. Yeah, I, I love and, the whole way that, you know, the metal that the keys come from and, and where that's, where that's at. And like the whole mythology behind, you know, how the keys are made and it has to be somebody from this family and, you know, not necessarily everybody from that family can do it. And like the, the whole mythology and everything with it and the history that they came up with is really, really fascinating. Yeah. Oh man. It was like, like I say it's the best suit like it's the best non superhero superhero book of all time. <laughs> because these keys give you the powers of like our favorite superheroes, but they use it in a very non conventional way. Like it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know, and, and like with all the the I don't know, all the stuff with um with Dodge and everything in it is really great throughout the whole series like a really really good villain and oh you know the way dodge can kind of change shapes and stuff like that the the way it happens in the books is like really really fantastic especially going into the you know that final arc it's just like heart-wrenching you know 
And, and it's funny because I didn't – when I first started reading it, I had no idea Joe Hill was Stephen King's son. Oh, um, yeah. He popped up as, as like a uh, like a cameo role as yeah. a paramedic driver in the first season. And like right yeah. away, I turned to Lindsay and I went, that's got to be Stephen King's son. And he looks a freaky mount like his dad. And so then I pulled up IMDb and sure enough, he was credited as a as a paramedic. But I like I remember reading it like in the first issue where I'm like, this reminds me of it where like only like uh, like uh, their dad has the picture of the well house, but only like fucked up people can see Echo. Yeah. In the picture, I'm like, this reminds me a lot of fucking like it and Pennywise. Like I really yeah, I got I got to go back to that, man. That was such a fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend Lock and Key to people. I would, I, I would do it in my comic book club, but I think I would probably get fired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably not the good one for the comic book club. <laughs> okay, let's read this, guys. That's a little bit more adult than young adult with <laughs> with a lot of the stuff. I mean, shit, just even the first trade, like, eesh. like the first, the first couple issue. channels, <laughs> <laughs> the first issue, like, eesh. it starts like. I mean, maybe this should be said, but like. It starts off with a very graphic rape. Like it's brutal. Well, I don't know, at least what I read, it's it was more suggested. Like it it shows the one kid like coming out of the bedroom pulling up his pants and you know, it's like then the the then Nina comes out of it later on and you know like her dress is all ripped up and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, like I and I think that's kind of like to me, that's the brutal part because it leaves. It, leave, it leaves, leaves so it to your much, imagination. Oh my god, that's like the worst part, man. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that that shit's a lot of times. Like including that as a plot point in a story can fucking ruin something for me. Like there's this otherwise really great series of fantasy books, uh, written by Terry Goodkind. Then they're the the Seeker of Truth books the sword of truth books okay and they're fucking rad fantasy books with all these great ideas in it but there is a fucking shit ton of rape in it like way too much where it's like dude i get the that the armies that are on the bad guys side are bad guys but you don't need to have them fucking like fucking leave it out it's bad enough it happens in the real world why are you fucking just throwing it willy-nilly into these fictional narratives dude it's like it makes me question like what the fuck is wrong with you terry Goodkind? like what the fuck man you gotta write this into every book yeah that's not no that's it's fucked up it makes me like i had such a great time reading him but every time i'd get to one of those scenes it would just make me cringe to the point where it's like i don't even want to go back and reread them but there's scenes from those books that i'd love to go and revisit yeah, I, I was watching something and I literally turned it off and stopped it because it got to the, this crazy rape scene. I'm like, fuck this. You know, like this is an entertainment. Like I don't like, uh, you know, like I think Gail Simone said it best, like uh, stuff like that. What is she coined as fridging where it does nothing but help, you know, continue the plot of the strong male that's going to defend her. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, because in Green Lantern, a woman ends up in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 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 heroes 
love interest ends up actually in a refrigerator and he has to go save her. And so, yeah, that that plot theme of, oh, the male, the the female only exists for the male to save. Yeah. Fridging. I will. I will say this only because I've been on such a fucking. Like kick on fucking Sopranos lately because of this podcast, but they have an episode where um his therapist gets raped. And oh it's, yeah, I've it's, heard about that. It's it's a very it's a very brutal scene. Like they really don't shy away, but like it's insane because the whole episode is like her husband, her ex husband is so like he's Italian. And he's been wanting her to drop Tony as a client, you know, or, or, or like as a patient. And But she's a therapist and she's like, I can help him, you know, whatever. And he's like, you got to drop her. He's a, you got to drop me. So he's given Italians a bad name. You know, like when people think of Italians, they think of mafia and pizza and that's bullshit. Well, then she gets raped by like an Italian guy. And now the ex-husband is like, oh, my God, you have to tell Tony. Because, like, something happens where the police catch him, but, like, they they misread the Miranda rights, so he gets to walk. So, you know, like, it's like the justice system fucked up. So, like, yeah. the whole episode, she's battling, you know, like, like I said, like, I think I was 20 when I watched this. I was so pissed at the end because – She's battling with the decision and you want her to tell Tony because you know Tony will fucking – Tony's <laughs> going to kill this guy. Yeah. Like he is going to die. But like, you know, like it ends with her crying in the office and he's like, is there anything you want to tell me? And the episode ends with her saying no and they never go back to it. Oh, shit. They never go back to it because she takes the higher ground. And I feel like that's the one time where it's like that was used as like a really like kind of not just a cringe way to like, like it wasn't just shock value. Like it actually added to the story. Like she literally had one of the most terrible things happen to her where she really could have, you know, like she had every right to tell this mafia boss and he would have like, he would have killed the guy. Like it would have been a glorious death, but she, she knows her place. Like he is, this is bad. Like that's not who she is. And in the end she decides to let it go. You're like, what the fuck? Like I was so pissed as like a 20 year old. I'm like, fuck you. What the fuck's wrong with you? But now I'm like, God damn, this is some really good writing. Yeah. No, they could burn rapists in the town square of every major city on every Friday night and make it a fucking tailgate holiday. And I wouldn't have any problem with it. No. Like, I mean, so I, long I'm, as it was like, that is, you know, I mean, it's not like, like I'm ha- like, uh, like, I'm not happy the rapist got away, but like, I get what they were trying, like, in terms of like her character being like morally good of being like, I could have this guy killed, but then I'll be at the same level as Tony. Like, I'm not trying to say like, I'm glad he got away. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. You're just talking about what the writers did with it. And I totally get that. I just absolutely reject it as an idea. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I rejected like, as a reasonable idea. It's like, nope, death. <laughs> no, my dad, my dad always had this thing where he said anyone that like raped or did anything like sex, like a sexual crime, what should happen is they should be placed like in restraints where they're sitting down like 
butt ass naked where the only thing exposed is their junk and you get a sewer rat that hasn't eaten for like 10 days and you just let it loose on this guy. Ugh. I'm like, yeah, down for that. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's kind of like the tickler from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought of it. I'm like, no. it's my dad credited on this fucking series. What's, what's happening here? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, did you watch the Matrix Resurrections? I I will not. I will not. <laughs> I will not know. Oh, dude. No. They have like wish.com Morpheus. It was oh. so bad. It was, it was it. legit. And I wanted it to be good. And I'm not going to lie, dude. Like it throughout the entire first act, I'm just looking at the screen. Like I felt like dead inside. Like I was just like, this is, this is not working for me. I, I totally get what she's trying to do with this. And I, and I've, like, I don't know, the, the 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 first half of the movie is like, well, really all the movie, but especially that, that first act is like very self-referential to the original mm. movie. And like, it, I think to be, to make that successfully work as a plot point, it takes a very deft hand to be able to do that and kind of like feed in enough direct references from the first movie to like make it work for where you're trying to take this plot. But then to like, I don't know. It it was like, like, you know, like in like a sitcom where somebody's having a bad day and they take the salt shaker to put a little bit on their food and the ta- the cap comes off and all the salt dumps on. That was what happened. Oh, no. And I, like, I, I heard that the CGI is actually worse than like, like it almost seems like it's gone back. Oh, I didn't notice special. anything that looked as bad as like the Agent Smith fight in Reloaded. I didn't notice anything that looked that bad. See, like, okay, I absolutely love the first one. Just oh, the I'm first like, yeah, one's fucking. That's is... a quintessential classic movie. I mean, it was a genre-defining movie. And I'm sorry, I really enjoyed part two. There's scenes I... in part two that I really like, but overall, I don't like the plot for for two because it directly leads into three, and three is absolute garbage. Three is garbage. My big problem with three is that all the advertising was like. The advertising pretty much flat out said like you're gonna get a definitive ending, like everything, like like literally I I'll, the poster, like the the left half of the poster for Revolutions or whatever it was, had like that source code, you know, like the green numbers coming down, and then the right half was just black, and the tagline was every like everything that begins ends, and it's like oh like cool and it's like now we didn't we didn't get that and i wanted to see the merovingian do something like they really hyped him up in part two and he like all he does is takes a piss in part three like i wanted to like but the twins in part two dude that fucking freeway scene the freeway scene is is fantastic for well from the moment that that the merovingian's wife takes them into his house like that's like all the way to the end of that Ducati scene, you know, with Matrix with with Neo swooping in and grabbing the keymaker and Morpheus and kind of flying away from the explosion. That yeah. whole chunk of that movie is fucking fantastic. Oh my like, god. Like I actually when rewatched agent... it to show it to Aiden after we were done with Resurrections because I was like, oh, come back in here. I was like, let's watch a Matrix 
like sequel scene that is actually good because there was not one single defining scene in resurrections when i was all done i was like oh yeah the ducati scene or the foyer scene or you know like in any i mean you could list so many classic scenes from the first one yeah but like there was nothing like that ducati scene or anything like that in this new one there wasn't a single scene in it where i was like oh yeah that was really awesome and like all the all the fighting style in it was completely different it was fucking weird it was just a lot a lot of neo doing like basically like force blasts <laughs> it was fucking oh, fuck weird that. it was fucking weird shit man dude <laughs> morpheus sets the scene for like the ducati scene because like what they're like driving and what does he tell her he's like what have I told you about going on the freeway? And she's like, it's suicide. He's like, forget, like, like Let's he says something I was wrong. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. And then she goes on the on-ramp. You're like, dude, this is about to get fucking, yeah. and it doesn't disappoint. And the music in that is all fucking perfect. And, oh, my oh, it's God. so good. It's so good. And, and the way that those twins can, like their power in that was, oh, it was like, just fucking ghosts, fantastic. Yeah. Fu- yeah, oh, it was so fucking good. And those like twins are awesome, man. When Morpheus takes like the fucking sword to the gas tank, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Neo's not even like he's not even on the freeway fight. No, like, he's not in it. And, and they actually had a very good way to not have him there, you know, with with the key master being able to like kind of jump through. And now in this new one, it's like everybody has this key master power. Oh, fuck. That. It's like everybody does. The agents do. The 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 heroes do. Everybody can. They just pop around wherever now. And so I was like, okay, well that's kind of interesting. I didn't even understand really why the dude had to be Morpheus. I was like, why not just have him be like a former agent that was then turned? It was like they made that so complicated. And man, really, the self referential stuff at the beginning is absolutely fucking cringe because it's like going through like a focus group. So like in this new one, it's basically. I assume you don't give a fuck if I spoil parts. Not of this. at all. Um, Not at all. <laughs> so there are. Uh, it's like um, Tom Anderson is a guy who wrote an award-winning video game called The Matrix, and then you know the following, the follow-up games, and and or, so basically the three movies that exist in our world are video games in his world that he created, and. You come to find out in the movie that, you know, at the end of Revolutions where him and Trinity go to kind of like the Machine City and then they die on the way there. And and that's for whatever reason that fucking stops the war. And then, mm-hmm. you know, for for reasons, I don't <laughs> uh, Revolutions, Jesus. But anyway, it's like they basically kept Neo and Trinity's body. And then used kind of advanced science and stuff to kind of rebuild their bodies and wake them back up and then put them into kind of like a a rebooted version of the Matrix where it's Mm. like Neo, like it only works if Neo and Trinity are both in it and like kind of wanting each other, like subconsciously wanting each other and not getting that. And so it's, it's interesting, but like we, Neo keeps like waking up and and they've got them like kind of skin differently. So like everybody else sees them as, you know, not looking like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann Moss, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, I don't know. There's lots of concepts in there that I really, really liked. It was just, they didn't, they didn't pull it off very well. And dude, when it was, 
There was like literally scenes where it's like a focus group sitting around being like, what was the Matrix to you? The Matrix is like mind blowing. And it's like, it's so self-referential. And it's like, it's it's so fucking ham-fisted in its approach to doing it that it was just, it absolutely took me out of the movie. And oh, at one point he gets called into his boss, his boss's office. His boss is like, look, our parent company, Warner Brothers, they're going to make this sequel to The Matrix with or without us. So we just need to play ball and do it. And it's like, that's clearly what's exactly going on with Lana Wachowski in the real world with real world Warner Brothers. And it was like, why? 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 Uh, I don't know. And then they, they threw in some like weird humor and stuff in it also and it's like yeah do you remember all the side splitting funny parts in the first three matrix movies it's like no they weren't they were very serious fucking movies it's, it's just whack man this new one was just whack it didn't even feel like a matrix movie to me and like really i bitch about it so much that i can't believe i'm not just fat, flat out tossing it but it was like i kind of see where she was going with the concept and i thought some of the performances in it were kind of good i liked some of the new characters i liked you know some of the stuff that they're showing with this world so it's not a full fucking toss it for me, but man, it's about as low tasted as it can fucking go. I don't know how much of that you caught because Skype is now making noises again. God damn. No, I caught all of it. It sounds like a train wreck. Um, <laughs> damn it. You can't hear me. Can you? No, I can hear you now. This is fucking whack. Yeah, I wonder what's that, going on with Skype, dude. Every once in a while, it just gets quiet and I don't hear you. Yeah, it must be the matrix. Like talk shit about me, motherfucker. <laughs> How's uh how's Neil Patrick Harris in it? I thought he was really fun. He was his was one of the performances I liked. Um, dude, the way that they do the bullet time in this now is like so fucking stupid. And so that part with him was like really really dumb. So it's basically like he can interject himself into the Matrix and like put it so that like he's the one in bullet time. And so like no matter how fast Neo's trying to move, he can't get to Neil Patrick Harris, who plays this character called the Analyst. Mm. and so i mean that whole thing was dumb and Man, i i am not a fan of him i never have been oh really i hated, I hated doogie hauser oh my god really who yeah, hurt I you was, i had a lot of people um <laughs> which is funny his best friend his best friend in the show is like a badass in the sopranos it's like, this is the guy from Doogie Howser, like fucking giving people curb stomps. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, no, but like my kids and I, like, I, I've i never been a fan of How I Met Your Mother. Fucking hate that show. I think I've sat through half an episode. I'm like, this is stupid. But um, the kids and I just watched this HBO movie called 8-Bit Christmas. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, we watched that. I have turned around. He is fantastic in that movie. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, see, that movie didn't work for me either. My kids really loved it, though. And it was one where I could tell that they were having a good time, so I just shut the fuck up because I didn't want to influence them at all, you know, with my negativity. <laughs> oh, no. What didn't work for you? I don't know. I was just totally bored with the movie the whole time. And, like, uh, it really did feel like just like this weird mashup of like Christmas story and um and uh Princess Bride, you know, with the kind of the retelling of the story. Yeah. And popping back into the into the, you know, where the narrative's going on and then going back into like, you know, the actual, you know, story itself and all that. And yeah, for whatever reason it just didn't really work with me. But 
I mean, I'm sure it's one that, you know, come next year around Christmas, it'll be on again. So I'll probably see it again in the future. Maybe I'll like see, it again I, then. Who knows? See, I like, I, I, I kind of enjoy, like, I don't know. I, like, it was a movie I could turn my brain off on. But like the last like 20 minutes, I'm like, like I'm like I told myself I'm like I think this movie is gonna try to be emotional. I didn't I didn't appreciate that at the end. I almost I felt like fucking love that. It didn't work for me though. I felt like it was like they got to the end of this movie and they were like, God, we need some sort of emotional punch. What can we do? And then they just pull the rug out and be like, This movie, this story is actually all about my dad. And it's like, but it it wasn't. It was actually all about that. your Nintendo. Oh, and then you emotionally that. manipulated me at the end to feel something. <laughs> and I did I did love that uh the girl from How Did This Get Made plays the mom, uh June June Diane Raphael. She's fucking I love her so much. <laughs> I didn't she's, catch that. She's married to uh, Paul Shear uh from like the league and shit. But they are, you know, that's the podcast that talks about shit movies. Oh, okay. With Jason Manzukis, that that show is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that one either. Uh, well, no, it, like it's a podcast. It's great. Ah, never even. Yeah, God damn, like, dude. They, there's so much, so much fucking content. Like we live in a golden age of content. You know, I, like I need to ask you this question because I was talking to a friend, and you know her, um, or of her, but um, we were talking about like podcasts because she's big into um the fuck is it called not getting away with murder um my favorite murder oh okay and i was telling her that i have been obsessed with this talking sopranos podcast and she's like isn't there like a hundred of those i'm like no that go this one's different because it has it has like one of the lead actors from the series in it with like another lead actor and then they get all the other actors to come on for like interviews. She goes, Oh, she goes, she goes, that's bullshit. I go, why is that bullshit? She goes, cause podcasting is like, that's supposed to give voice to like the regular people. She goes, I don't like that. Like famous actors and celebrities are now doing these podcasts and getting all these listens when people who put their own time into all this stuff are scraping, you know, they're just like begging to get 20 people to listen. Yeah, it's just the way of reality, though. That's what I was like. Yeah, you fucking Grinch. Like, <laughs> you like gatekeeper. Like, I fucking love this shit. Like, I fucking like it's so cool. This podcast, like the one guy grew up in Broadway, like, or, you know, like he did like a lot of like indie stuff. And he's like very into like literature. So like every scene he tries to figure out like, oh, this is based on this work of Shakespeare or this has ties to this Marty Scorsese scene. You know, and then you got the other guy who literally became an actor because he was a bouncer in Las Vegas who's like, yeah, fuck that shit. Like, it's just a good scene. Like, I don't care <laughs> about like any of the meanings for it. Like, they're <laughs> That's dynamic. That's a fine line to walk to with those sorts of conversations because they can feel pretentious really fast. Yeah, but like Michael Imperioli does it in a way where he's not trying to sound pretentious. Like he's That's just good. like, you know, like, and he's a musician. So he'll like, one thing I learned so much about Sopranos on this podcast is um, 
like it was always cool like to get like to hear them talk to like Edie Falco or you know like really big name stars but the best episodes when they were talking to just like producers and they had the music producer on who was on from day one and David Chase was like I don't want to get a composer like I don't want to have like full house music playing in the background he's like I want to use licensed music and this is like one of the first shows to actually have money to get the rights. And it was fucking insane because the guy is saying he's like, you know, like he's like when we were on HBO, he's like there was no like on demand. He's like we literally only aired one episode once a week and we never played it again. He's like, so we just bought one time licenses for this, you know, like for the music. Mm hmm. He's like DVD was just barely a thing in 1999 when the first season finished. He's like, so then I get a call from David Chase. He's like, hey, we're putting this on DVD. You need to call all these producers back and you need to get you need to renegotiate like our contract so the music can be in the DVD. So he does that and then they get a call 20 years later saying we just added $3 million budget to Sopranos. And like, what the fuck? And David Chase is like, because we're going to be on HBO Max. You have to renegotiate the music contract. Wow. Like to, it, was, it was that kind of shit that was just like fucking crazy. And you have like these musicians sound like some of them were really cool, but like a lot of them, like when they got called by Sopranos, like we want to use this song, they would be like, okay, like, what is happening in this episode and scene where our music is going to be used? Like there were some people like, we don't want you to say the word cunt in the episode. If you're going to play our song, like it, it was insane. It God, was so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, like, like I think somebody from Aerosmith is like, just don't have anybody die while our song is playing. Like you can kill him after our song, but just don't kill anybody. <laughs> Jeez. Just don't. And like the one guy is going off because there was this one guy. He like he was re I forget his name. He was requested to use his song, and he's like, "Fuck that." He's like, "I'm Italian." Sopranos is like fucking making me look bad. And Steve goes, "This motherfucker used to open up for Bill Cosby." Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you got the moral high ground now, bitch. Like, he's just going off. I went off on a tangent there. I apologize. <laughs> That's funny. Do they ever have Rob Eiler on there? Oh, yeah. He's been on twice. God, he's so fucking funny. Yeah, he is. He, he's, I, I do want to listen to his podcast, Pajama Pants. Yes, it's really, really good. And he does it with um, Jamie Lynn Singer. Yes, Jamie Lynn. Yes. Uh, they've both been on uh, your mom's house podcast several times. You ever listen to them? No. <laughs> it is a not safe for work podcast, but it is really fucking really, really good. It's one of those ones, too, where you kind of almost want to watch it on YouTube because they'll play uh, videos on it that, you know, if you're just listening to audio only, then you're just hearing the audio from the video. And usually you'll get a lot more out of it by actually watching it. Okay. But they'll do you remember when I played you yeah, I had you on before and I played you the the try it out guy? 
Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like it's like you just got out of prison. If you're homeless, come. I got an apartment. You can come stay, but you gotta fuck me. <laughs> it's like I need to be fucked a lot. Come try it out. I discovered try it out guy on on your mom's house podcast. Oh my! <laughs> like they God. play fucked up shit like that, dude. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And and Robert Eiler, he has been through some shit, man. Oh yeah! Every time he's been on an episode there, I've I've like whenever I see him as a guest, I'm always like, oh, this is gonna be a really good one. And and that and like he's a huge fan of their podcast also, so like he goes right in, and he kind of gets everything that they're doing. And right it's away. it like I I think this like is a testament to his acting because he really hasn't been in much since. But when it was announced he was going to be on Talking Sopranos, I'm like, oh, fuck this guy, because I hate him in the show. Yeah, that's kind of what they were saying, that like on the show, he's just the fucking worst. But in real life, he's fucking great. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a spoiled, rotten piece of shit in the show. Like, you're like, fuck this guy. And when he's on, I'm like, oh, my God, I really like this dude. (laughs) (laughs) See, people have the complete opposite effect with me. Oh, my God, dude, if you want to see something like... um, like one more thing on the Your Mom's House podcast. If you want to see something really funny, get on Instagram and look up Garth Brooks and look up literally anything Garth Brooks posts and look at the comments. And 95% of the comments that are on there are fans of Your Mom's House podcast that are just saying slogans from the show. Okay. It's weird, weird I'm shit. Gonna do this like, right like, now. Like, what? That's where it spits. Touch my camera through the fence. <laughs> like all sorts of just little things like from videos that they've played on that fucking show that then turn into a soundbite. But it's funny I, fucking shit to the point where like they're like Garth Brooks is like his PR team has got to be like or his social media team has got to be like, what the fuck is all of this? Man, I just went on to one of his things. And a comment, the first comment says, touch my extra tour dates through the fence, daddy. <laughs> and now is this from the show? Somebody said, I got a DUI, baby. I got a DUI, baby. <laughs> Watch for wasps and make sure you drink water. Oh, that's this one weirdo. And he's like, he's like, uh, on the video, you can tell he's been stung in the face by bees because he's all swollen up. <laughs> and he's like, Watch out for waspuses. <laughs> And be sure and drink lots of water. It's really hot. Is there an Uncle Terry? Uncle, Uncle Terry, Terry is a guy. Toys back. Yeah, Uncle Terry was a video that they played on there where it was a guy that was doing like a tryout video of like this big giant butt plug. And so in the video, he stubs this big giant butt plug up his ass. <laughs> and basically your mom's house got sponsored by McDonald's and they got like this big check for like a few million dollars. And then they played the Uncle Terry video, like on the same episode where they announced that, that they got this sponsorship. And then they got a call being like, yeah, we didn't like Uncle Terry. You need to give us our money back. We're dropping oh, you. No. <laughs> so they immediately got fired for it. Is a is is a soccer souffle? Is that a thing from yes. that show? That was okay. when uh, Tom Segura was on an uh, he was doing an interview with Larry King, and Larry King asked him like, "What is like you know like what what's like a food that that you like that you know you shouldn't?" And he's like chocolate souffle, and Larry King goes soccer souffle. <laughs> <laughs> In that same interview, he couldn't say Mark Wahlberg either, <laughs> so they play that clip all the time. Where it's like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> 
I'm going to send yeah. you a bunch of fucking YouTube links when we're done with this podcast <laughs> for you to check out. And you're going to be like, Jesus Christ, is this really what Joe listens to? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> like I laugh call... at the most ridiculous fucking human behavior online. I love it, man. OK, like, do they call him Daddy Lala Garth? Uh, OK, so there's this one <laughs> they play uh, like. OK, so the podcast is it's Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. They're both stand-up comics, and they've been doing your mom's house for a really long time. And, like, so I've been listening to it, like, way back before it was even, like, a YouTube thing where it was just audio only. And so now it's, like, they play all these different videos. And this one, it was, like, it's some, like, young dude. And, like, he's, like, doing a live stream, and people keep calling him daddy. And so then he gets really mad, and he's like, yo, yo, for real, stop calling me fucking daddy. You know, I'm, I'm not fucking gay. That's not what I'm about. And it's like, the more he says, don't call me daddy, the more people in the comments are like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And so that's, it's daddy Lalagon. <laughs> so they're just wrapping it up with Garth's name in it. Oh my God. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> There's so many funny fucking videos. They do. One of my favorite fucking things that they'll do is they'll have like a guest on there and then they'll do a section called horrible or hilarious where they'll basically just play videos of people getting hurt and the guest has to say if it's horrible or hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking bad, dude. There's this one where this dude fucking jumps off the roof of a house and he's got these big, giant, stupid, like, like, rain galosh type boots on. And this dude just jumps off the roof of a house, doesn't, like, absorb the impact with his knees like he hits the ground with his knees locked and basically face plants so like his knees almost bend backwards when he hits the ground oh that's disgusting dude it's so bad but every time i've seen it a million times and i still laugh hysterically every time i see it oh fuck that dude i'm gonna throw up thinking about that shit send you that one oh my god do you remember that fucking disgusting show on mtv called scarred where they no, would just show I, like I never watched it. Like that. You no, know, there's like I don't I really don't like videos where people are like legit, legit getting hurt. And so <laughs> but like, dude, there's this one where it takes place in Taiwan. And it's this dude, it's like a it's I think it's like a, a reverse camera, maybe in a car. And this car's like pulling into this garage like a auto mechanic garage. And so there's this guy standing in front, kind of waving it in. And then I don't know if this guy was meaning to hit the brake, but he accidentally hits the gas or what, but basically he like the car leaps forward and pinches this guy in between the bumper and his toolbox. And the guy's like yelling in Taiwanese. And it just, it's just, it's a beautiful combination of all these things that you shouldn't laugh at it. Clearly this guy's in pain, but the way he's yelling about it is just fucking funny. For some reason, that's another one of those ones. And also you find out after the fact that like this turned into a big story in Taiwan and the news looked into it. And this guy actually like because like they played it for Dr. Drew and he's like, that guy lost his legs. Like, you shouldn't be laughing at this. This is fucking terrible. What's wrong with you, Tom? And it, like and Tom's like, no, they looked into it. Like he just came up with superficial bruises. And it's like, that is fucking amazing. And so that oh. one I can I feel better laughing at that one. But well, yeah, when you say that, like, oh, my God. <laughs> dude oh, there's a damn. fucking backyard wrestling one where this guy climbs clear the fuck up this wall like he looks like he's maybe 20 feet up in the air <laughs> and then there's another guy laying on a fucking folding table 
And so he's going to do the fucking people's elbow or whatever down onto this guy. Totally misses the table and just pancakes some of the fucking concrete next to the table. Oh. But the guy on the table is a good enough sport. He acted like he got hit Does and rolled he, like, off roll the table. Off of it like he got, he's selling it. He's selling it. <laughs> he is. He's selling it. <laughs> oh my God. I'll never forget. Like I was watching Nitro live. Like, do you know the wrestler Psycho Sid? No. He was like this seven foot tall fucking blonde dude. And like during the match, he goes to like, he goes to the top rope and the commentary is like, wow, this is something we've never seen before. And he like, he jumps off of it and his leg snaps completely to the side where like his heel, his heel hits his hip. Oh no, 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 no. I can't watch shit like that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking of. Like I, th- like I think I threw up that night when it happened. Like, mm. no, you like know, they how, like, literally cut to a commercial. It was like, what the fuck? You know how there's like clips where, like, in an M- MMA fight, a guy will like yeah. kick somebody and just like leg kick him, and then when he's bringing his leg back, it's kind of like flopping like a noodle, and then when he tries to stand on it, it just like bends at a ninety degree angle, like halfway down his calf. No, thank you. I can't fucking do it, dude. I can't. I can't watch that. Like that sort of stuff. I I can't watch. But you know, like I don't know, apparently that guy getting hit by the car is pretty fucking funny. That dude jumping off the roof is funny as shit. So oh, I, I get, it all depends specifically on the video, I think, and the sounds in it and everything too. Oh Jesus Christ! I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be sending you so many links after this. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Bringing fuck. in the new year, being like, "What the fuck, Joe?" <laughs> thank God, thank God, I got fucking whiskey. Oh my God, I've never wished that I had Zoom so bad because then I could just play these for you right now. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do that thing tonight where I'm gonna start Die Hard at like 10:42. Oh, nice. So like, it's gonna be midnight as Hans hits the floor. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I recently just bought Die Hard um, on digital because my um, uh, Aiden hasn't seen it yet. So I want to show it to him. Oh, my God. Those the, the, the first three are fantastic. And you know what? The first four are fantastic. I think the first one and the third one are really good. I think the second one. I enjoy the good. second one. I enjoy the second one. I, I do. I do. I, I enjoy the one with Justin Long too. I really like that one. That's the like, fourth uh, one, right? Yeah. See, but like I, I got it on like Blu-ray when it came out, and so like Live Free or Die Hard was released as a PG-13 movie. Yeah. But on the Blu-ray, it came with the theatrical cut, and it came with the rated R cut. And oh, the rated okay. R I've never cut seen the rated has, R cut. Oh, the rated R cut so because it's got all the it's got all the language, like it's got very like more of the scenes that like the fight with him and Maggie Q. Holy shit, that's way better as rated R. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoy that. And then the one with his son is fucking stupid. Yeah, I've never saw that one. That and, I, and I only dumb. saw Live Free or Die Hard once. Yeah, I like I love Timothy Oliphant, and I thought he was yeah. a great. I thought he was a great diehard villain. Dude, how good was he in Deadwood? Oh my god, how good was he in Justified? Justified, I never saw any of, but I, I saw all of Deadwood with the. I still haven't gotten around to the movie that like wraps it up, I guess. 
Yeah, I haven't seen the movie either. But man, I loved the show. The show was great. Timothy Oliphant was fantastic in that. Ian McShane, like, really blew me away. Oh my it's, god, Swearingen in that cocksucker, cocksucker. <laughs> no, I fucking... like, Here's a toast to you, limp dick cocksuckers. <laughs> like, I the think show Deadwood fucked man. I think Deadwood has one of the best opening scenes of all time where Timmy Thalfin ends up hanging that guy. You're like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. Oh, man. Yeah, I haven't watched that in so long. Oh, I think it might be in season two when Swearingen's saying something about he's like he's going to open up, open up some shop that specializes just in weird sex stuff. And he's like, then I'm going to hang outside like a giant fucking bat so the weirdos feel at home. Man, Ian McShane is the bomb, dude. He is so fucking good. What was he just... He was just in something that I watched. He was in something that I didn't think he would like... It wasn't his fault, but like he was in that We Are Marshall movie. And he's not like... It's just not that good of a movie. Yeah, I didn't see that one. That was the one with Matthew Fox in it. I remember because that, that kind of came out when Lost was was still popular. Matthew Fox and Matthew McConaughey, yeah. You know, I might just be thinking of John Wick, too. Oh, he's good in that, too. <laughs> oh, he's great in those John Wick movies, dude. Those are... Yeah. Oh, man, I need to go and rewatch those, too. I've got all three of those on digital. I bought was, that as, like, a bundle. He was one of the only good things about the Hellboy reboot. Oh, I, I never watched that. Yeah, he plays John Hurt's character. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's like he's he's good in that. I remember being really excited about that movie before it came out. I liked the cast and everything. I liked everything we saw in the trailers. And then, yeah, like a, a lot of people whose opinions I value were like, this is fucking garbage. And I was like, all right, thanks for taking that hit for me, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to see this one. I just couldn't get over the fact that we got a reboot and not the third movie because those first two were fucking legit. Oh, those were really good. I liked those. <laughs> those were fucking great. You know what? One of my, I might get shit for this. You know what? One of my favorite Ian McShane movies is. What's that? It's fucking Hot Rod with Andy Sandberg. I don't know if I've ever seen that. <laughs> Like that doesn't ring any bells. Oh my god! It's like he get—he's Andy Samberg's stepdad, and he gets sick, and Andy Samberg hates him so much that he wants to jump fourteen school buses to save his life, just to say, just so that he can punch him in the face after he saves his life <laughs> by raising money for this operation. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. He learns how to hit somebody to make them shit their pants. Oh my god! <laughs> it is it, it it is like it is a dumb movie. It is so silly, but I fucking love that movie so much. <laughs> oh, you um, what was, uh, I recently watched Swan Song, and I saw that oh, you post something online that, that you, you yeah, it sounded like you didn't like it. I really no, enjoyed that movie. Like it really so worked for me. I was so confused and I'm not confused by any of the stuff that happened in the movie, but just cause I'm such a sadistic negative guy, I feel like that movie did the opposite of like a Shyamalan movie. 
I feel like it purposely tried to fake us out that it was going to be a horror movie where I'm Dude, waiting. I wondered that at the end, especially when when he's kind of like sitting and like thinking the worst when he's like having that thought in his mind, like, oh, this is what's going on. But the way they presented it first, it seems like it's not. And I literally out loud, I was like, please don't fucking do that with this movie. I was like, please just let this guy have a dignified, decent end and don't turn this into some sort of horror show at the end. See, I was the opposite. I'm like, when is this happening? <laughs> you wanted <laughs> it to happen. Shit... <laughs> like, okay, because first off, like, when the dog, like, when the dog, like, comes up to him, like, the music totally shifts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like it gets like a horror type. You're like, oh, shit. And, like, Joe, I, I was smoking a little while I watched this movie. I got straight up terrified when he's just staring at himself in the mirror. I'm like, dude, you look fucking crazy. Like, like I'm like, he's going to kill his family. Like he is like this, this, the original copy is going to have to save his family. And that would have been a pretty interesting movie. Had they done that? Like, like honestly, when Glenn close is like, he left a fight, like he left something for you. And he turns it on like, dude, he's going to have like his wife by her throat with a knife. And then it ends. I'm like, oh, no, it was actually just a study about someone accepting their fate. Yeah. Like this was stupid. Like I really, <laughs> like I was so into the like, I'm like, when is like the sci fi element going to drop? Like when is like I like I also thought that like he was going to come back. And she was going to say hi and he was going to throw his hand up on the window and she was going to see the mole and be like, oh, shit, like the real ones out there, like our our truth is going to be exposed. Like I thought like everything like I had like 10 predictions and none of them were actually how it ended. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I hate this because I wanted to see like clone on clone fighting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I just really liked the story that they gave us. And but I can totally see how had they turned it into some sort of, you know, sci fi thriller like that, that could have also been a really good story, too. But like they totally I think they did like a bait and switch. I think they wanted. Well, okay, June and you didn't get that, like, but I did, so maybe it's just me, but, like, I feel like they intentionally tried to, like, keep you off your guard to be like, oh, is something devious happening? I think they absolutely did do that. They wanted you to feel uneasy because that's how the main character was feeling. You know, he was feeling uneasy, and so I I think that's why they put that in, is to give you that, kind of put you in his shoes and be like, you know, because up to that point in the movie, I was like, you know, of course, everything's going to be fine. You know, but then when they do that, it's like they introduce this. Well, maybe it's not. And so, you know, we're I not, still... not going to show you, you know, everything that's going on here. We're only going to show it from this guy's point of view. And we're also going to put it in and show you kind of like the the nightmare scenario that he's got going on in his head. Dude, I still think that family actually died. Like, I don't think he's good. I think they actually died off camera (laughs) because if you think about it, like they are the same person. Like he would want, he like, he should know that he would want to see what's happening. Like he would want that peace of mind. So why is he taking the contacts out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then it's going into, because it's him, 
You know, he's got both versions of him have this aversion to I don't want you guys snooping on my family. And so, yeah, but but like Glenn Close and them weren't. It was he was the only one able to watch that stuff. Yeah, but he also didn't believe that. You know, he didn't really believe that that, you know, that he was the only one that could. I don't know. That's just the way I took it. I've just watched way too much Black Mirror and the way it was shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can the, see this being horrifying as a Black Mirror episode. The way that like it was shot like a Black Mirror episode, like the tone, the lighting, all of it. Like, yeah, I can see that. I do got it. Aquafina was fucking great in this. Yeah. Mahershala Ali was fantastic in it, too. See, June on Apple to Oranges, she gave it a juicy. And she said. Like. She said anybody else, it probably would have been like middle of the road. But his performance alone, like he was, he was good in that. Like, and he, yes, like he I was. said, he was scary, man. When he's staring in that mirror, looking like a fucking psycho. I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what he does with Blade. Like, even Eller version of him is like, you're fucked up, dude. Like, what? <laughs> like, <you're laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's going to kill you. And that poor dog, that poor dog, that dog does not have a happy life now. Oh, I, he probably got used to him. You're just, you're just Mr. Fucking half full <laughs> over here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, right after that, I watched a movie called Mother Android. And that was one of the most terrible pieces of garbage movies I've ever seen. Oh. It was, I, I would rather watch Matrix Resurrections like on a, a fucking loop. For like 24 hours before I would rewatch Mother Android. Is this is this a newer movie? Yeah, just came out. Um, oh, who's in it? Look it up. I was watching a new movie today that I really enjoyed. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, I like her. She was Hit Girl. Smith. Yeah. Okay. And dude, it's like this post-apocalyptic movie where it's like takes place in the future where humans have got like, you know, very human like androids that kind of like every house kind of has one as like mm -hmm. a servant. And then something happens or all the androids revolt at once. And so oh. now all of a sudden it's it's almost like a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. But instead of zombies, it's like androids with like, you know, the half their faces blown off and shit like that. It sounds like the episode where the Simpsons go to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Yeah, I've not seen that, but it, that's got to be way better than what this movie was. In this movie, it's like if you just want to watch something that makes you feel like horrible, like hammered shit horrible by the end of the movie, go ahead and watch this. Because mm. it's got a real fucking downer of an ending. Oh, fuck that. I watched, uh, I watched Cop Shop today. Oh, that one looks really good. That movie was fucking awesome, man. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's so with um, with uh, Frank Grillo, right? Yeah, and like I don't like Gerald Butler, but he's fucking fantastic in this. That yeah. is a good movie. Yeah, that... he's in all those fucking like Olympus movies, right? Yeah, like Olympus yeah. down, Olympus has fallen, all that fucking shit. <laughs> Olympus is limping. Yeah. <laughs> Olympus needs a wheelchair. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that shit. No, no, like, uh, and yeah, Frank Grillo. I, I wasn't keen on him until uh, that like Groundhog Day movie he was in. Um, 
Ooh, called boss, boss level, level boss level is fucking man. fantastic <laughs> that movie like i think the person that made that movie is like hey mel gibson we don't need you to like act there's no script just be you <laughs> like, and he's like okay <laughs> yeah that movie's really enjoyable and man they they uh they use the hell out of that boston song that they bought the license for right <laughs> Oh yeah, that movie. I think they I played it three it. different times in the movie. <laughs> I love that. that or maybe book. they just used a lot of Boston, and so I just thought it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, uh, there's Boston in the new season of Cobra Kai. Ooh, I haven't started any of that yet. Man, I started that at two thirty this morning and finished the whole season at eight. Uh, how much is Karate Kid three a required rewatch beforehand? Oh yeah. Well, God you know what. Damn it. You know what? No, because they really. Cobra Kai is pretty good at spoon feeding you exactly what you need to see. Like they're not shy about showing scenes from the old stuff, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. They pepper in a lot of flashbacks. A lot of flashbacks from the movie and from previous seasons. It's not my favorite season, but it's serviceable. (laughs) I'll take it. And then they played two heads are better than one from fucking Bill and Ted. And I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got no, but uh, Johnny Lawrence fucking hero of the year, baby. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love- I, I, that's a, that's a show that I watched with the boys. And it was one where we, we kind of waited and we watched every episode together. They didn't watch ahead of me and I didn't watch ahead of them. And so we've been really excited for this new season to come out. Man, that is that is the best thing about being divorced and having kids that can't really watch the stuff I actually like, where I don't have to wait for anybody. Oh, yeah, I, can ju- that. I can just go like, or like, I don't have to lie and pretend I haven't seen it and then watch it with my wife and act surprised. <laughs> like I don't have to do that anymore. It took me a few days to get the Matrix uh, Resurrections watched because I wanted to watch it with Aiden. And mm. and every time I'm like, hey, you want to watch that? He's like, ah. <laughs> In the end, we should have just kept saying, ah. <laughs> See, I, I finally learned. I finally learned that, that they, like, I've never wanted to take them. Like, I, I've just been taking them to, like, kids' movies. I took them to Free Guy because I knew, like, they wouldn't have to understand a lot. They would just enjoy what was happening. Uh-huh. But like, I'm like, man, dude, I like, I really went on a limb and I took them to see no way home. And they fucking like loved it. Yeah. Like, they understood what was happening. Like that was so like, now I know they can kind of hang with like the comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took them both to see uh, no way home on opening night and Aiden's bout it, bout it now. It's funny. Like, um, this is, this has been his year of seeing every MCU movie, like in the theater on opening night. And like, oh, he, nice. he's, he's like, cause we did it for Shang-Chi Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home. And that's like his jam now where he's like, I always want to see an MC movie, MCU movie opening night in the theater with you now from now on. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> so cool. Man, I fucking, so like. I'm like, my kids are going to go potty like eight times. They didn't go once. No, uh, not, none, of, none of us did in Spider-Man. It was unbelievable. It was fucking great. And we get done with the movie. We're in the car and I go, you know, what was your favorite part? 
And Hazel had like an actual legit part. Oh, uh, she said her favorite part was the bread part. You know, where MJ is throwing (laughs) bread. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm like, Emmett, and Emmett is like a huge spider. Emmett's so big of a Spider-Man fan where he's at that age where he thinks he's the only one that has the right to like Spider-Man. Yeah, I remember you telling me that before. That's so funny. Like he hates Jess because she has dogs (laughs) named after after Spider-Man. Like he does not like that. So I'm like, oh my God, like what's his favorite part going to be? And I'm like, Emmett, what was your favorite part? He's like, are you going to be mad? I'm like, no. He's like, when the magician says shit. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like we just saw like three Spider-Men do shit together. (laughs) And your favorite part is somebody saying shit. Oh my gosh. That's too funny. I'm like, oh, he is my kid. Oh my god, speaking of Jess, there was a C2E2 where I stood next to her for like 15 or 20 minutes and she was dressed as Spider-Gwen. had no idea it was her. My god, dude. (laughs) dude. Like, I talked to her later that night at the bar and I was like, that was you? I know, man. Like, I walked past, I walked past like three times. I did like the double look too because I'm like, oh, hey, that's a great costume. You know, and then like I went up and I met up with Rebecca and fucking um, uh, Neil and the Marables. Like we're by like where you get beers and like Rebecca and I were having a rib sandwich and like I'll curl my eye, I see the Spider Gwen walk up and I'm like, oh shit, you know that's that's cool. And she takes off her fucking mask and it's Jess. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I've been bamboozled. Yeah, she had a legit costume. It was fucking rad. Yeah, she fucking killed it, man. <laughs> that was so funny, though. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I stood next to you for like 20 minutes. I had no idea that was you. <laughs> like, I, I feel so she, bad. When she took off her mask, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I just got Scooby-Dooed. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's so loud in there. It's like you can't really hear people that well. And yeah, it's pretty funny. No, nah, man, that's that was that was a weekend, man. Oof. I wonder, when's it going to be next year? August. That's so weird. Do you think they're just going to keep moving it back until it eventually gets to the spring again? Probably. (laughs) Probably. It's like they got to try and stretch it out a little bit, you know? Because I think they had to do do it in December this year. Otherwise, they would have lost... Otherwise, they would have lost contract with... uh, with the place and they're probably like, we're not going to do this. Like, because now it kind of makes sense. You have it in August. Now you can have it again in the spring, you know, but to have it in December and then have it like in the spring, that's too soon. That's way too soon. Or like if they did it, like they did it our year, have it like at the end of February, that's like two months. Yeah. Yeah. And that was too early. Yeah. Like we we all kind of lucked out that it wasn't a fuckload colder than it was. We're lucky it wasn't a week later. Yeah, there is that with the whole COVID thing, twenty twenty. Yeah, because that was kind of the last big hurrah. I think that was the. Down. I think that was the last big public outing, until like you know fucking like the presidential rallies. Hmm. Yeah, dude. Fuck, I really hope everything goes better. I really hope things start getting better in 2022 because I'm fucking... It's just too much. There's too much fucking... It's just too much. 
I, I, I hope there's enough people going out and getting shots and stuff that these new variants going around aren't. Because it just seems like it's like there's just as many cases there always are. That yeah, it's it's I don't know it's bad. I I got my booster shot, so I've had the three Pfizer ones now, and the third one wasn't too bad. I I kind of felt like I had like light feverish symptoms like the next day, like twenty four hours later. You know, I had some like body aches and and just kind of felt out of it and stuff. But like within a few days, like I was you know right as rain. Yeah. Yeah, I really got fucked up on my second shot, but that was more so because I gave myself a project to do the day later, like the next day. Like I wasn't resting or drinking water. Like I built a bunk bed. Ah. So that was that was kind of on me. <laughs> <laughs> me passing out in the middle of it is on me. I got my booster shot on, on December 23rd. <laughs> and I remember telling my boss at work on like the 22nd, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my booster shot tomorrow. She's like, right before Christmas? She's like, you might regret that. And I'm like, oh, I'll be thinking of you if I do. And so yeah, I would, when I was sitting on that couch at my brother-in-law's just feeling like absolute shit, I was like, hey, she was right. I probably should have <laughs> scheduled this differently. <laughs> I should have oh. scheduled this shit for Monday instead of Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> It couldn't have been any easier, though. Just register for the shit online, and then it was I got it done at a Target. And so it's just go in, go to the dressing room. They go and sit in a dressing room, and then a little while later, the tech comes in, gives me my shot, and then I left. Yeah, I can literally... So easy. I can walk a block to my Walgreens and get it. Mm. Like, they have it, like, in 20-minute intervals, like, all day. Do, do you want to know what I recently found out about our medical system that I think is absolutely fucked? Besides all of it? Do you know about good RX coupons? No. Okay. So if you don't have insurance and okay, so there was this one medication that when I had insurance, it was always $39 for 50 pills. Okay. And then um, uh, our insurance recently switched. And so I had to go basically floated the whole like half of November and then December, like without any medical insurance. Mm. But it was like, oh, I need to refill this thing. And so then it runs through. And then without insurance, it was three hundred dollars for the 50 pills. So it went from thirty nine to three hundred. And so I'm Whoa. talking on the phone with the pharmacy. I'm like, oh, well, I, I guess. You know, I guess I'll just hold off on this because I'm definitely not spending 300 on something that used to be 40. And she's like, well, maybe you could like find like a good RX coupon. I'm like, I've never even heard of that. And she's like, well, Google it and you'll find out. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's kind of cheeky, but you're not wrong. And so then I look it up and with a good RX coupon, if I go to like High V Pharmacy instead of CVS Pharmacy, it is now only six dollars. Holy shit. Six fucking dollars. What? And so I'm like, what the fuck? And so I message my doctor's office. I'm like, can you move my prescription? And I basically explain it. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And so then I go through that drive through just expecting something to go wrong the entire time. Yep. $6. Super wow. fucking cheap. And so then I do some research and I'm like, well, how the fuck is this a thing? And so apparently here's what I read. This is my, my internet researching on Reddit. So, you know, verify facts as you will, people. But apparently the way our medical system works is that a pharmacy says that a drug costs, 
you know, say $10 for, for them to, to cover their overhead and make a little bit of a profit on it. When well, insurance company is going to come in and they're not going to want to pay that full $10. So instead they're only going to pay $8. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then the next time it comes around, the pharmacy raises up their price a little bit. The insurance company is not going to quite play all that. And so basically they just keep edging each other up until the prices of these medications are so ridiculous that it's like, you know, let's remember that the pharmacy was making money when it was only $10. And now all of a sudden it's $100. And so if somebody else with insurance comes in, they've already got all these things worked out with these insurance companies saying, look, if we're going to break even with business, we have to charge $100 for this, even though in reality, everybody knows they can charge much less officially because of all the paperwork and everything. And them playing this game of upping each other's prices up, they can't legally say, oh yeah, we can sell this for a lot cheaper. And so basically companies like GoodRx come in and they're able to pay a smaller price just because it's some fucking paperwork thing. Hmm. Where it's like, oh, we're not selling it to the customer at really cheap. We're selling it to good RX. We're selling it because they have this good RX coupon. And that's kind of what makes it so it's like okay with the contracts with pricing and stuff. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? Like the the dumbest fucking shit you've ever heard for medicine that people need? The person from good RX sounds like Mr. Incredible working at the insurance company. It, that's yeah. It was kind of like that when I was reading like through on like the, the Reddit loopholes. post, breaking it down. I was like, this is fucking insane. I can't believe that this is how our system works. That basically it's just these people trying to make as one person trying to make a buck and another person saying, well, we want to make a buck also. So we're not obviously not going to pay you everything it's worth. And then all of a sudden these two can just edge each other the up, until the price is is just skyrocketed and, and out of control. And then there's people that, you know, don't have insurance and don't have these options. And, and all of a sudden you've got this medication that just costs them pennies to make, but they're charging hundreds of dollars to sell it, you know, be, because of all this artificial inflation that's gone on between the pharmacies and the insurance companies. Yeah, it's fucked, man. It's just one fucked. of the myriad of ways that the 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 medical system in the United States is absolutely fucking broken. No, but Sweden would be like, "Yo, hey, we'll we'll pay you to take this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, but that's this this is my my public service announcement, at least for this episode. Is there you go. if you're looking at medications, even if you have a insurance. And it's really, really expensive and out of pocket or something like that. Look up goodrx.com and type in your medication and see if you can find it somewhere else for a lot cheaper. Um, yeah, I remember years ago, um, I had to go to this like um, class kind of talking about what health savings accounts were. And one of the things that the guy given the presentation was talking about is that uh, an HSA kind of puts the 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 choosing power, you know, in the in the patient's hands where, you know, if like the way that I was doing it for years is I was just always paying $39 because I just assumed that my insurance was going to get me the best deal. But that was also because I had a PPO. And so it was paying pretty much all of everything. But if you have like a health savings account, you're paying a lot of stuff out of pocket. And so it incentivizes you to then look around for the best deal for your health care. And I remember at the time that this guy giving the presentations talking about that in my head, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, what do you mean the best deal for your health care? I assumed that if a, if a doctor writes you a prescription for, say, you know, this, 
you know, 30 of this pill at this pharmacy. It's going to be the same price if you go to Hy-Vee Pharmacy or CVS Pharmacy or Walgreens. It'll be the same price everywhere. But that's absolutely not the case. And like, I had no fucking idea. And it really wasn't until I like looked into this good RX shit and then did some research on what the fuck is this about that it kind of opened my eyes to like what that guy in that presentation, you know, fucking back in 2006 was saying. Fucking <laughs> weird shit, man. I, I, I don't, it just seems like there should be such a simpler way to cover people's health care. But man, they make it fucking complicated as shit here. Oh, yeah, that's what we would do. Leave it to us. <laughs> America. Yeah. Yeah, everything's got to be tied into somebody making a buck somewhere. You know, and it, it just, it ruins a lot of shit. It sure does. Hmm. Sure fucking We does. got kind of dark here at the end. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But if it helps at least one person, like get a medical bill a little bit cheaper, then I feel like my work here is done. You've done your good deed for 2021. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, what did you think of the way Hawkeye wrapped up? Loved it. I loved it too. I know there was a lot of people who were like, eh, that ending was, was terrible, but man, it, it worked for me. I know it had flaws, but it worked for me. Yeah, I only watched it once, and the kids were home kind of running around. So there was parts I missed, but I, I really enjoyed that series, and I'm going to get some heat. But I kind of hope Disney Plus releases, in its entirety, Rogers the Musical. Yeah, I'll pass on that, my friend. I, I <laughs> fucking... <laughs> that is so funny to me. Dude, I had that fucking song stuck in my head for like a week. I could do this all last, day. Oh, it was not good. Like for me, it was so cringe, but I'm not a fan of musicals either. Like I don't like I would dare say I don't like musicals. I didn't even like sitting through the fucking trailer for what's that one that just bombed in the box office? West Side Story. Yes. I had to sit through that trailer so many times where when it was finally coming out the opening weekend, I remember going to the theater with Aiden and I was like, hey, guess what? We're not going to have to see a trailer for fucking West Side Story this time. He's like, oh, good. And I'm like, yes. He hates musicals too. I didn't even influence him on that. <laughs> I heard that's actually really good. I'll never know. <laughs> I do. I love that. Like, <laughs> That, that's that one, one of those genres 60. where i'm just like hard fuck that i don't want to watch a musical man the one from 61 is fantastic it's so good and i heard this one is really good too yeah, so i'll watch it for the both of us i don't know i just can't do musicals like I, I i enjoy them live every time i've seen one live with like professional actors it's been a very memorable great experience but i don't like watching them like on TV or movies, like the closest I'll get to it is like a Disney cartoon. That's the closest I'll get to like enjoying a musical. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it, maybe I'm just crabby. I don't know. No, <laughs> everyone has their, everyone has their, their preferences. I don't like musicals. I don't like white bummers. Like <sighs> this just you white bummers, you know, those bummer, sad movies that white people just love. Yes, yes, you know, like white, white bummer. The Hallmark Channel. 
Yeah, or like Manchester by the Sea, or just just something that's like oh, guaranteed oh. to make you sad. I'm like, no, I I, I can't watch them. I just can't. Like, I actively no. must stay away from them. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like the one where Jason Siegel like comes in to like live with his best friend who's dying of cancer. Like, fuck that nope. shit. I don't that, that was one where I saw the trailer and I was like, that's a white bummer, and I'm not gonna watch it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not going to watch it, man. Fuck I just, this. Yeah. You know that scene in Dodgeball where he's like, how dare you make me bleed my own blood? One of the best quotes of all time. That's with me. It's like, how how dare you make me feel feelings? Oh my God. <laughs> I still, I love, I, I'll quote that movie once a week when, I love when he's reading the dictionary. He's like, I read about it in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Stiller's character, and that's so ridiculous. He's fun. Oh my god, he's 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 the same guy from Heavyweights. <laughs> Is it Rip Torn? Is that the guy who's like you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball? P- patches a hula hand. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long, but it's another one that's really goddamn funny. Oh my god, I fucking I die, man. Like when Justin Long says like. Like when he says I love you to that girl in the audience and she's like, I love you too. And he just gets bashed in the face with a ball. <laughs> and Ben Stiller is like, Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> My favorite Justin Long character of all time is the, uh, was it Randy St. James from uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Oh yeah. That one's good. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, I love I love him in Strange Wilderness. That I've never so seen that. Fucked up. Oh my god, where he has his eye eyelids tattooed so he can sleep, and people think he's awake. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> oh, but Steve's. Uh, I don't show the kids that movie because it's very inappropriate. But I'll just show them where Steve Zahn is doing the voiceover of the shark laughing, <laughs> and they'll pee their pants. <laughs> I have lots of teeth. <laughs> so fucked up. What's that movie called again? Strange Wilderness. Strange Wilderness. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It, it it's like it's like Steve Zahn's dad was like kind of a jack Hanna type of guy that made like the videos okay but he kind of takes it over and they're so fucked up like they're so high the whole time <laughs> so they're just talking like bullshit like like the shark scene when he's watching the footage and doing the voiceover like the shark pops up he's like holy shit look at this ugly motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Sharks live in half the oceans. Like what? <laughs> sharks are something I've always been unreal, unreasonably afraid of. No, fuck that, dude. Fuck those things. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. The bull sharks scare the shit out of me. And can't like can't like sharks. They can't stop moving, right? Because they'll die. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? That's fucking insane. They always need to have water like flowing through their gills. I remember being so scared watching the preview for fucking Deep Blue Sea. Oh, when yeah. Like, when it showed the sharks back up and they're like, sharks, sharks don't do that. You're like, oh, my God. What have they done? Like, what have they done? <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys done? 
That movie is terrible. <laughs> that movie is fucking it awful. It is a terrible movie. <laughs> but it's, it's a so fun, bad. terrible movie. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. There's definitely some of the, like, Street Fighter, to me, is the ultimate. The ultimate fun, terrible movie. <laughs> ultimate fun. Because Raul Julia was the only one that got the memo. Or like he was the only one that didn't get the memo that this was just a piece of shit movie because <laughs> yeah. he goes in there. He goes hard. Dude, he should have been he should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Like, fuck that, man. That movie's fucking great, dude. Like when you when you think Guile dies, he's like, I mourn. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> he's like, I wish it was me that would crush his throat. <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> That is like the most unbelievable Van Damme performance of all time. It like oh, makes I'm, no sense when he's giving the big speech to all the troops. Like none of have, that have makes any seen, fucking sense. Have you seen that speech with subtitles? No. <laughs> it is the funniest thing. Well, we could go horn. <laughs> I'm going to keek. <laughs> that son of a bitch bison's ass. <laughs> Oh my god. And again, like the best scene is when Chun Li is pouring her heart out and she's like, you know, like your goons came in and my father chased him away and you came back and you had him shot down like a dog. And he's like literally mixing a daiquiri. And he's like, I don't remember that. And she's like, What? He's like, For you, the day I graced your village was the most important day of your life but for me it was a tuesday <laughs> that's some villain shit right there and she just looks at him her jaw is on the ground like how do you how do you come back to that that's some cold <laughs> shit <laughs> the day i graced your village he says and shot your father <laughs> He literally offers her a drink after he says that. He like hands her like a strawberry daiquiri. I'll probably have to play that one for the boys at some point. <laughs> no, and, and Jean-Claude Van Damme, like he plays an American in that movie. Like he is, I think his title in the movie is like president of the Marines. That's not a thing. No, it's not. He's got an American flag tattoo on his arm. But he's he's full blown like Belgium accent. Yes, and that's the part that makes no sense during that big speech he's giving. Oh my god, I was telling Justice because we did this for Cine Dudes, but like at the very beginning, he's on he's on a news show, and Bison's on. And they're able to see each other's monitors, and they're like, "Guile, how do you feel?" He's like, "Is Bison watching?" They're like, "Yeah," and he like he like flexes his arm and slaps his muscle. <laughs> <laughs> And I told Jess, I go, I can guarantee you if we were like in an act of war, Trump would have done that. Like he'd been like his Putin watching. He'd probably like hit his like hit his muscle. Like, yeah, gross. <laughs> Going to get you. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to show that one for the kids. I haven't seen that one since and probably since it came out, because I think that, that was one that I watched once as a kid and was like, ew. <laughs> Oh, that movie's so fucking great, dude. Because it's <laughs> terrible. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I love it so much, man. 
Dude, speaking of good, I've had a fucking great time talking to you tonight, dude. Me too. Always fun. It's been a lot of fun. Struggling through all the Skype issues and everything. Still a lot of fun. Yeah, now that you have an Apple subscription, we got to get you on our show. I am very much looking forward to that, dude. Fuck yeah. Maybe you could join us for the after party show. That looks like a blast. I think I've seen a trailer for that. With Tiffany Haddish and... Oh, that looks awesome. That one did look good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a trailer for that one. Yeah, that's going to be a fun time. That comes out end of January. Nice. So what all podcasts do you got going on where people can find you now? Uh, Well, seeing as my hosting site shut down today, and I'm trying to get them to redirect the feed to the new hosting site. Oh, shit. You might be able to find us on Apple to Oranges and Cynodudes. So right check on, those dude. out. It's well, shit, I time. hope they get that squared away for you. I really do. Otherwise, I'll just have to repost. You know, I don't fucking care. We'll get out there. <laughs> yeah, I love apple oranges, though, dude. That is it's always a good lesson. Um, usually I'll, I'll listen to it. And like when you guys are just talking about shows where it's like, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I'll just keep hitting skip. <laughs> and then eventually get to something where it's like, OK, now I'm with you again. Well, it's funny because at first it turned at first it was just us talking just about Mythic Quest. Like literally we would just break down each one of our episodes would just be about one Mythic Quest episode of season two. And once we got more shows, we kind of just cover the shows. But now it's turned into like the first 90 minutes is just us shooting the shit. It's always a lot of fun. (laughs) And then we kind of get into like. The, the, the stuff but yeah no we have a fun time doing it nice i really enjoyed mythic quest too that was a great show that show's fucking awesome man rob mckellahenny is a fucking i love that guy so much yeah that was really fun i i've i've watched all of ted lasso um yeah for all mankind i'll probably be the next one that i start yeah uh, you should do trying to trying yep fantastic. yep that was another one that you said was really good and you said acapulco was good also and yeah, Acapulco and Trine are very much in the same vein as Ted Lasso. Nice. Yeah, because Ted Lasso is fantastic. It's just so pure hearted. Oh, it's a show that can just make me cry happy tears almost every time I watch it. Yeah, I don't think the second season was as strong as the first season, but it was still really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Especially with the, the you know, the character turn that they set up for Nate and everything. And... You know, it's, it's hard to feel good about watching that happen when he was such a lovable character in the first season yeah and like he doesn't when he's explaining why he did what he did you don't buy it no not at all not at all it's like ah, you're projecting pretty hard there buddy yeah you piece of shit (laughs) i got so mad i'm like you better clean that spit off the fucking mirror motherfucker oh oh yeah he's got some problems that character definitely has some deep-seated problems where it's like struggles with self-hate and he should have talked to dr sharon oh yeah without a doubt <laughs> without think, a doubt if there's any character in ted lasso that needs therapy it's fucking nate my all-time favorite character is jamie tart oh he's great he's had such a good journey too it's been a really cool character growth with him and that was the that was the hug felt around the world man with uh, him and roy yeah that was great Fuck. Really what did he headbutt him or punch him first <laughs> yeah well, well like it was straight out no no like, like 
I'm talking about where like he punches his dad in the locker room. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, yep, and and then Roy goes and hugs him. That was really powerful. Yeah, but when they get promoted, they do a major league flashback where Corbin Burnson punches <laughs> yes. Charlie Sheen in the face <laughs> and then picks him up and hugs him. That totally was a major league moment. <laughs> Uh, dude, I've had such a great time talking with you tonight. I really appreciate you coming on again for the umpteenth time. It's always uh, fantastic to talk with you. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. And happy new year to everybody listening. Yes. Happy new year, everybody. <laughs> Insert party sound maker noises there. And be forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the words are. That uh, that's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, dude, thank you for coming on, and thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StarkCast. 